The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Discover the power within. Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world. Discover a positive path for spiritual living. Welcome to Voices of Unity with Rev. Ellen Debenport. This is Voices of Unity, and I'm Ellen Debenport. This is a show that invites different new thought leaders to share their wisdom and expertise to help you dive deep into spiritual topics so you can discover new ideas and practices that will enhance your life. I'm the host and kind of an MC for this show. And every time we start a new series with a guest, I let you know who I am too. I'm a unity minister. I'm the author of two books, The Five Principles, and one called Hell in the Hallway, Light at the Door, about the spiritual path through change and transition. I served two churches in Texas, and now I'm working at Unity World Headquarters, which is just outside of Kansas City, Missouri. I'm in charge of the communications department. So I get to oversee many of the ways that Unity shares its message with the world, and online radio is just one of them. Magazines, books, booklets, websites, email, social media, we do all of that in my department. People all over the world are excited to learn about the ancient spiritual principles taught in Unity, as more and more of us, I guess, are describing ourselves as spiritual but not religious. So for this show, which is broadcast from the Unity Tower... Our guests for Voices of Unity are sometimes Unity ministers, but also others who can share something special they've learned. It's, it's like a body of work. And they're not just one-time guests. They stay for several weeks so that we can truly explore their areas of special interest. Sometimes we talk about Unity teachings specifically. Sometimes it's more generally related to spiritual practice and living a better life. And so our new guest, starting a new series today on March 19th, is Janice Campbell. Janice is a licensed Unity teacher. She also had a show on this radio network for a number of years. Janice, are you there? Yes. So I don't like reading bios out loud because I think people's minds wander. (laughs) Would you just tell (laughs) us something about yourself? Oh, wow. Um. Okay, I'm a licensed Unity teacher. I have been in Unity for since 1987. I love Unity. I have been doing, I'm here to talk about the Receive Your Life, which I've been working on for the last 25 years. I made a transition from being a CPA and certified financial planner to now teaching and coaching Receive Your Life. So I think, uh, let's see, I live in California, I'm married, I have three children, three grown children, three young adults. Yeah. Um, yeah. I so that's I'm, it. I'm intrigued by the term receive your life because mm-hmm. I don't think of it in, in terms of receiving it. I think of it in terms of muddling through it. So <laughs> I'd love to hear some of the history of how this came about for you. Yes. Well, um, First, I'll just, when you you say that receive, I'll just talk about what it is to receive your life. It really is to to kind of set the context, but receiving your life is to receive the, the inspiration that you are. You know, so often we go through life living the should life, 
you yeah. know, I should be this, I should be that. And when receive your life is really tuning into and becoming familiar with your true authentic self. Like, who am I this lifetime? What is the gift that I came here to share? And you receive that because that's what we really want to be giving. We want to be giving from our true self, not from our compromised self. So it's really this system of aligning, aligning with the truth of who you are and living from that consciousness. Well, that's a life's um, work, isn't it? Yeah, but it's actually simpler than you think. You know, the system that I created, it's a five-step system, but the system is really simple. We're complex as humans, but when you, you kind of put yourself into the system, it starts to get all the muddy parts start to get really clear. So you, it's, you start to discern between who you are and who you're not. It just gets easier and easier and easier. Okay. And so today I asked Janice to give us just sort of an overview of her Receive Your Life system. And um, and then in the following weeks, we want to apply it to different topics. So I'm trying to remember what we chose. I think parenting is one, money is one, so that Purpose. we could get really specific about how you can use it. In different areas of your life. Oh, relationships. Yes. I blocked that <laughs> That one. one's really fun. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot to, I was going to go, you were asking how kind of the, how the system got started, the origin of the system. Yeah. Cause you were a CPA, right? Yeah. And I, I was thinking about that cause it happened, you know, like I say, it started so long ago and like anything, it's always kind of a gradual system. You know, it's kind of a gradual thing in our life, how we start making changes, but it, it really started from when I was being a C when I was a CPA, I just felt so stuck, you know, just like, God, I just don't want to do this anymore, but I had no idea what to do. You know, it's like, I don't know what to do. I mean, I've been trained to do this. I need to support myself. It's just that feeling of like, I don't know. I'm, I just don't know where to go from here. I know what I don't want, but I don't really know what it is I do want to do. So that was one component. And then also, um, my husband and I were taking the like personal development courses and it really was so frustrating to me because it was this attitude of just do it, you know, just fake it till you make it, just go out there, make the money, do what you got to do. And I was like, ah, oh, that doesn't feel mm, good. Mm -hmm. You know, I just couldn't. So it just, I still was stuck. It's like, okay, I'm hearing all this, just, you know, make all these marketing calls and do this and make this happen. And it's like, I can't, I, I mean, it's like almost like paralysis. I, I don't know what I'm doing. I can't just. Well, yeah, you know. those are the action steps without the consciousness. And it was backwards. What I right. what I see now is completely backwards. And then another thing that really um, was a catalyst for this is when I, you know, I, like I say, I came to Unity many, many years ago, and a lot of the spiritual stuff just felt so vague. Like have faith, surrender, mm. do this, and you know, I feel like God, I'm doing everything right. You know, tithing, this, doing everything, and I still feel stuck. <laughs> <laughs> so I really wanted to create a, a very personalized system to help people get unstuck. And starting with myself, I wanted to get unstuck. I knew I had things to share. I knew I love to work. I knew I love to share. And this feeling of being stuck was just so painful. Okay, so good. It started with yourself. Yeah, I if, had to find a way through. <laughs> if you could, yes, if you could work through it, then you could teach other people. Yes. So what did you do? Everyone's wanting to know, okay, what did you do? Because we hear all the time, find your life purpose, you know, live your truth. And I think a yes. lot of people are saying, I'm willing to do that. I just don't know how. Yes. Well, I would say the way I did it was kind of like sloppy and messy and 
<laughs> long and <Okay. laughs> I mean, so I, I've been working on this system simultaneously as I was trying to find my way through. So, so now it's been distilled down to a very simple five-step process. And if you want, we could go through that. I don't know how much detail you want me to get into around that. But well, in a minute, anything. but I want to hear how your life turned out. Oh, okay. So <laughs> let's see. So um, I was working as a CPA, like I say, then I got stuck. Then I hired a coach and I didn't know you know, what to do, but eventually I started coaching people in the area of money and finance. So that felt like a shift for me. Like, mm-hmm. okay, this is better than doing accounting work. And I would help people with budgeting, money, you know, where, where they're spending their money. But then I, I started to realize that people wanted more. It's not just about the money. It's more like what's underneath the money. Mm-hmm. Like what's the, there's gotta be more to this, like the purpose, like why am I doing anything? So I started working in the area of values, you know, connecting people with their money and their values. And so that's when the Receive Your Life work really started to evolve with, let's find out who you are first. Let's find out what your values are. What's important to you? Instead of the, you know, once I figure out the money, then I can be who I am. Oh, interesting. Okay. You know, because usually we live like that. You know, the one side, then... You know, once I do everything right and I follow all the rules, then I get the reward. Then I can be who I am. But it's really backwards. Right. So kind of turning that around. Like, let's start with the person. Mm -hmm. Who are you? What's important to you? What are you doing here? (laughs) And then and then the money, you know, we could go into much more detail later with the money. But the money is always an effect. It's not the cause. It's the effects. Right. So if we're aligned with our true self, what's going to come out, what is a result of that is prosperity, but a prosperity that matches the person, not a prosperity that's disconnected. Right. And we're doing a whole show on money later. Yeah. Yeah. So we can apply that more specifically. But that's really interesting, finding out what, who you are, what's your role in the world. Well, it's, it's a few things. You're finding out who you are, but really... What's more important than that is why you get stuck, mm-hmm. you know, because we love to give. It's our nature to give, but we don't want to give just anything. We want to give the essence and truth of who we are. But when we doubt that or we we question the value and what we have to share, we get a kink in our prosperity flow. Right. So at what point in all this did you become a licensed unity teacher? Um, well, I started teaching classes, I mean, um, taking classes almost as soon as I came into Unity. Mm-hmm. And then I, <clears throat> but I was on a slow track. I mean, <laughs> I almost lost my 10, you know, like you, you have 10 years to complete the first part. Right. So I almost lost that, you know, so I, I spread it over a very, very, very long time. But I think I finished in 2011. Oh, so, okay. I didn't know it was that recent. So you were working mm-hmm. on becoming a coach and teacher at the same time. Yeah, well, I was doing that all <clears throat> simultaneously as well as raising my kids. So, I mean, my desire has always been to be a mom and 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 raise my kids. So I was really immersed in that. Right. And then at the same time, you know, it's like, oh, I'm trying to make this happen. And then, <laughs> I don't know, like I said, my process was messy. So hopefully it's easier <laughs> for people now. <laughs> Mine was long and messy and headed in many different directions. Yeah. Like, you know, what I've learned in working with people is we're never that far off from our true self. 
uh-huh. usually it's we're just a thought away. Oh, really? You know, Eric Butterworth in Spiritual Economics, he talks about this, how we're just a thought away. And, and I've noticed that in working with clients and, and students is we're never that far off from who we are, but usually there's a judgment thought in there mm-hmm. that's saying, oh, my life should look different. I should be doing something different. So we're kind of suffering through when we're actually pretty close, dialed in to what yeah. we're here to do. So I've heard you use the term compassionate transformation. Mm-hmm. What is that? Well, I think that goes back to, um, like I said, when we were taking that course, like thinking that transformation has to be hard work. You have to suffer. It's kind of like you have to do things that are so far out of your comfort zone. You have to break through. You have to make something happen. And compassionate transformation is you're really working with you and your energy moment by moment. You're really kind of understanding like, wow, why would I say that? Why would I get myself in this situation? And when you slow it down, you you start to have a an understanding of like, oh, no wonder, because I was afraid of this, or I, I thought this was going to happen. Or So when you slow it down, when you really start to have deep understanding for your actions and your choices, instead of judging yourself, you start to feel compassion. There's like the softening of compassion. Mm-hmm. And then what, ha- what naturally follows compassion is forgiveness, where you're able to release, give up that misunderstanding that you've had about yourself, that limiting belief, that diminishing thought, that judgment you've had about yourself. So the process of receiving your life, it's very, it's gentle and it's fun and it's not painful. It's <laughs> almost like you're getting on the same side as yourself. You're coming home to your true self and it feels good. Oh, that sounds So every time you're able to release a misunderstanding, it's like, ah, that's who I am. No wonder. No wonder I couldn't do that. No wonder I kept trying and nothing happened. Uh Like, ah, no wonder. Like, we we can't really, we're not going to turn into somebody we're not. But so often we have that judging or, you know, comparing. Like, oh, I should be more like that person. I should be able to do that. I should do that. But the more you're able to release that and say, no, that's not who I am this lifetime. There's like freedom, like room to be like, ah. (laughs) So you're not dredging up everything that's wrong with you and trying to fix it. Well, actually, you you find out that there's actually nothing wrong with you. You know, I think of this as kind of the opposite of self-improvement. You know, Uh the self-improvement model is, oh, I've got to fix this and I have to work harder. And as soon as I I get this handled, and again, it's that once I fix myself, then I could be myself. You know, once I fix this, then I can get what I want. And be happy. But we're really, yeah, (laughs) but we're designed to have what we want. We're perfectly designed. You know, Lessons in Truth, Emily Katie talks about, you know, desire is God knocking at the door. I forget exactly how she says it, but of our consciousness or Yeah, letting you know, knocking at your door, letting you know what's available to you. Yes, but but it's already here. Like Mm -hmm. like the desire lives within us. You know, I always say like a rose bush has the desire to bloom roses. You know, just like we have the desire to live and express and share the gift that we are. So a lot of times when we think what's wrong with us, it's when we've dialed into the shoulds and we can't do the shoulds. We don't do the shoulds. We just beat ourselves up. But then a lot of times, because we can't do the shoulds, we start diminishing ourselves. Like, what's wrong with me? I should be able to do that. Uh (laughs) So you kind of get to this realization that there's nothing broken. There's nothing to fix. Uh The work is really about understanding, really having a deep understanding 
of your value and the gift that you are. So you had a radio show for about five years that ended in mm-hmm. 2015. Have you learned anything since then? I mean, most teachers keep learning. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I absolutely, absolutely, yes. Um, I learned, I taught a class last night. I learned something every every time mm-hmm. um, with people. Every time I, um, we'll get into the system, but every time I work with my push-pulls, which is how you work with your personal data, so I'm constantly working with my personal data. I don't think we ever um, come to a place of arriving like, oh, we're done. <laughs> you know, there's always more. We're connected to an infinite supply. Like there's always more awareness, more growth. Um, but I think what I've learned mostly working with this system over the years is it just keeps getting simpler and simpler and simpler. Oh, good. Yeah, okay. kind of it gets it's now it's getting so distilled down. Because yours like, was long yeah. and messy, but you've managed to streamline yeah. it for everyone else. <laughs> That's what I'm working on. I mean, my my vision has always been to create a transformational system that people could just do, like not something you have to spend years working on, but you could really have a deep understanding of who you are and who you're not. Yeah. So why is it a moment-to-moment spirituality? What does that mean? Well, I'll start with going through, like there's five steps. So the first step is awareness. Mm-hmm. And and what this is, I always encourage people to get a journal, specifically a, re- a journal for Receive Your Life, because we forget, you know, we get amnesia when we start making progress. Like I haven't done anything. I haven't traveled. You know, so a journal kind of helps ground you and keeps your pieces there. Right. Um, but the first step, like I say, is awareness. And you're really collecting your personal data. So I call this your push-pulls. So throughout the day, you start to notice when you feel yourself being pulled, which is that energy of being called forth. So it is in those moments where you feel energized, excited, feels really good. You know, like maybe you had a conversation with a friend. It's like, oh, that was so fun. Or you read an article like, oh, this is so inspiring. Like you could just feel your energy being called forth. Mm -hmm. And then you also notice those moments where you feel yourself pushing against resistance, like, uh, almost like swimming upstream. I don't want to do this. I don't want to go to work. I don't want to see this person. <laughs> you know, you, you could feel your body constricting. So if you start to notice, we have moment by moment, we're either feeling pulled or feeling pushed. So you could take those moments. And I encourage people to like, at the end of the day, maybe to write down some of their pulls and to write down their strong per- pushes. And then that is the your data that we work with in the rest of the steps. So that's why it's moment by moment. You're, you're really tracking your energy. That's how you're feeling. So for an example, you feel, let's say someone is, is doing a work project and they're really excited. And then you could say, you look at that and you're like, wow, why does this feel so good? Because you're being your authentic self. Mm-hmm. You're living in your flow. You're being in integrity with yourself. And it may be that you're, you you value creativity, collaboration, but you're in that flow and it feels really, really good. So it's like moment by moment, you start to reveal your true self. Interesting. And I'm remember, remembering that Michael Beckwith says, pain pushes you until a vision pulls you. So pain pushes you a vision. Yes. Until I, a yes. vision pulls you. So this, this helps you, I don't know, is visioning a, a part of what you do? Not really. It's more, 
or living your ordinary life mm-hmm. and you start what it starts to be revealed. The truth starts to be revealed. Okay. So that when it comes time to make a choice, you're making a conscious choice from your true self versus your compromised self. Because whenever we make choices from our compromised self, they're not sustainable and they have to be unwound. But compromised self is what I should be. What I should be doing. Yeah. And I think I think what's interesting you're saying about Michael Beck where what was the second part about the pushed pu- the pain, pulled by vision? The pain pushes you until a vision pulls you. Yeah. What's interesting about our pushes is there's wisdom in our resistance. Right. So a lot of times we want to jump over that resistance or I don't want to feel that or, you know, I should just jump over this or blast through it. But there's there's so much wisdom in the resistance because it's alerting us that we've turned away from our true self. So a lot of times when people start doing this first awareness exercise, they want to have a lot of pulls. Oh, I want to have a great life. I want to re- say that I have a great life. You know, So we, we like to have lots of pulls, but the truth is the pulls are great because they affirm to you the truth of who you are and your values. Mm-hmm. But the, all the juice is in your resistance. All the juice is in those pain points because whenever we run into resistance, it's painful. But there's wisdom in that. And that's where all the that that's everything we want is on the other side of our pushes. So that's kind of the work that we do is really going into that to release the false and embrace the truth. So is that what in unity we call divine restlessness? Yes, I like yeah, I like divine discontent. Yes. You know, when there's when you're feeling divine discontent, that's a really good thing. Something new wants to be birthed within you. Mm -hmm. Well, it's uncomfortable. But it's uncomfortable, but you, you, you learn that it's what's more uncomfortable is ignoring it and yeah. thinking it's, you know, what's more uncomfortable is when we operate on top of it and pretend it's not there mm-hmm. rather than going in and really rooting out the misunderstanding so we don't have to keep living from that. So can you give me an example of you or someone you've worked with, how they how they took the wisdom from their push and recognized their pull. Does that question make sense? Yeah, because a lot of times what the process is really transcending your pushes into pulls. Right. So let's see. I know I'm not good at examples, but <laughs> I don't know. I'll just I'll just think of one that's coming off the top of my head. I, I don't know. I, I um. I gave the talk at our Sunday service like about two months ago or something. Mm -hmm. And it was so painful for me, you know, preparing for it, um, getting ready for it. And then the night before I woke up and it's like, I have nothing to say. I can't say what I thought I was going to say. And I mean, I just started kind of panicking. And then my husband's like, calm down. You got to come up with something. (laughs) And, you know, so I came came up with something new. And then I I did it. And it it was fine. It was well-received. But... I th- the thought that came is, is the should is I always have this should that I should be more professional. I should be more together. And my true essence, what's a pull for me is why I love teaching because I need that feedback. I like working with people. I like it when it's messy. It's fun. I like going really deep. What's the truth here? And when I was doing the talk, I felt like I had to turn into somebody else and compromise myself ah. and be a performer. And I know that was only in my head. But I, I had a hard time letting that go. Mm-hmm. It was, I should be, you know, then starting to compare myself to other people who speak so eloquently and it just flows and and they're so professional. And 
and for me it was a really painful thing and it was funny when it was over a girlfriend said to me she says we are not doing this again <laughs> and i'm like okay i you know i could talk about receive your life but i can't do the pretending i'm a minister uh-huh you know, that, that was like a compromise for me to you know because I don't, I, like if I would have just been myself, I think it would have been like, I have no problem talking in class. Obviously right. I would talk for at least 20 minutes at the beginning of a class. We talk about different things. It's just so easy. But when it, when it creeps into the should, I should be different. That's when it starts. We start compromising ourselves. And what happens is we really withhold the gift because we start to, there's a thing which I like to get into later. Cause it's really interesting, but you could always find your gift in your shame. So those areas of your life where you feel you're inadequate or I should be different is where you're going to find your gift. Because my gift is that I'm relaxed, I'm accessible, I'm honest. And when I try to be someone different or think I have to be the persona of someone different, it doesn't, we can't do that. (laughs) I mean, we can muddle through, but it's not fun. This is going to be great. I have such a long list of things I should be doing and ought to be more like other people, you know, drink more water, meditate longer, mm-hmm. all those things that people mm-hmm. say are so necessary to life that I just don't naturally do. Well, and then it keeps our life on hold. That what happens is that we, when we think we should be someone else, we're not. We're not going to be that person. But what happens is we end up withholding the gift because we're ashamed of the way we are. We're thinking we should be more this way or less this way. And then we end up withholding the gift, which mm-hmm which is the last thing we want to do. And the last, I mean, nobody wants us to withhold our true self. Everybody, everybody has such a unique contribution. We don't want to all be the same. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll just tell you for what it's worth. I love the part where you just stand up and speak. What intimidates me is when people start talking back and in classes <laughs> and expecting me to walk with them through their stuff. It's um, so funny. So I guess the world needs both of us. <laughs> well, because I was talking to a friend of mine, the same thing. She loves to speak and she goes, oh, I hate feedback. I'm like, oh, my God, if I don't have feedback, I don't I don't know where to go. I mean, I don't I don't know what we're going to be doing here. I I, I love feedback. It's like juice to me. And it was funny for me to when she said, I don't like the feedback. I'm like, wow, that is so interesting. Well, there's our music. We still have four steps to go. Or three more in Receive Your Life. No, wait, there are five of them, right? Right, we've done we have, the first we have four. One. We touched a little on the second, but yeah, we've got four more. Okay, <laughs> so we have lots more to talk about with Janice Campbell. We'll be back after these messages with Voices of Unity. We're glad you found us. This is Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. When listeners like you contribute to Unity Online Radio, you're making a positive difference in your life and the lives of other spiritual seekers. Go to unityonlineradio.org and click on Donate to make a one-time donation or sign up for monthly contributions. Thank you for your support. Here's a Unity Teachable Moment with Rev. Blair Tabor from Unity San Diego, taken from a talk called Sacred Service, The Ultimate Spiritual Growth. 
who we are and who we perceive ourselves to be as human beings is just such a small part of who we are as spiritual beings. Remember the phrase that I like, you know, Emily Cady says, God did not make you to be spiritual pygmies, but spiritual giants. You know, and do we live as if we're spiritual giants? No, we don't. We live, we live as if we're you know, weak human beings. You know, we're spiritual giants. We need to live that way in our lives. So we have to let go of the ego. It's a challenge because we spent so much energy and focus on, on our ego on dressing a certain way and talking a certain way and looking a certain way and, and lining ourselves in certain ways to, to uphold that ego identity. But as we're willing to let that go, let it be permeable to spirit, then what we find is we're connected to that infinite oneness that is God. To find a Unity Church near you, visit unity.org. Are you a spiritual explorer? Enrich your journey by engaging in inspiring and uplifting online courses starting now. Powered by Unity Worldwide Spiritual Institute's world-class online learning management system, you can join in live or study at your own pace in the comfort of your home. Check out courses and topics like mindfulness meditation, grief management, spiritual growth, and a lot more. Get help and support to achieve your dreams. Find out more by going to unity.org slash spiritual explorers today. Discover Unity Village, and you'll find a peaceful oasis just 15 miles from downtown Kansas City, Missouri. If you're doing business in the area or looking for the perfect place for your retreat or conference, check out all that Unity Village has to offer. With 1,200 wooded acres, a beautiful nature trail, award-winning rose garden, golf course, and newly redesigned hotel and conference center, Unity Village has everything you need for that perfect event. Go to unityvillage.org to find out more. Discover what your dreams are trying to tell you. Join dream expert, best-selling author, and hypnotherapist Kelly Sullivan Walden for Ask Dr. Dream every Wednesday at 10 a.m. Pacific, 12 p.m. Central. Kelly will awaken you to the wisdom of your dreaming mind with expert interpretation as well as introduce you to fascinating guests. Each week, you'll get information you can use to help make decisions and gain greater self-awareness. Join the show live or listen later on demand here on unityonlineradio.org. Call now with your question or comment. 816-251-3555. That's 816-251-3555. Thanks for joining us. Welcome back to Voices of Unity with Reverend Ellen Devonport. We are back with Voices of Unity. We're talking with Janice Campbell, who is a licensed Unity teacher, but her main job is to work as a coach with a program she's developed called Receive Your Life. So Janice, we have a lot more to talk about, but before we do, tell people where to find out more about you. You have a website. Yes, receiveyourlife.com. Okay. Does it, what does it tell them? Does it have the Um, whole program spelled out? No. No, it's kind of a, um, yeah, it gives an overview of the system, um, but also there's information how to reach me if anyone. I always offer a free 20-minute coaching session, so if anyone wants to take me up on that offer, we usually get a lot done. And, um, yeah, that's it. Also, there's an, um, teaching an online through the Spiritual Explorers program coming up. People could take the course online, and that starts April 23rd. Oh, good. I didn't know that. Exactly. Yeah, a five-week um, going through the steps, and you know, people will be working with their personal data. So, okay. yeah, it's going to be fun, exciting. Spiritual Explorers is a program 
through Unity Seminary, but very much for lay people and anybody who wants to just take a course and learn something. And so I think it's uwsi.org to sign up for that. Or is it spiritualexplorers.org? I don't know. I think if you Google Spiritual Explorers Unity. You can find it. So good. So we'll just be finishing this series by then, and you all can sign up for the class and go through it and work it for yourself. That'll be great. Yeah, it's going to be fun. Yeah. Okay, so we talked about the first step, which is awareness and how we feel pushed into being things that aren't natural to us. And so... You explain well, let's it again. go back a little bit because, yeah, because the first step <laughs> is awareness. And one thing that's really important, remember, so get your journal out or write it down on a piece of paper, but you're just the scribe. What's really important in step one is to not judge the information you're receiving. You don't want to be like, oh, my God, I hate my job. I have to quit my job. I have to leave my spouse. No, you're just this is your <laughs> information. Nothing to do with the information in step one. We're, we're going to work with that in the five steps. So you just write things down and say, oh, that's interesting. So the pull is when you're feeling energized, inspired, enthusiastic. You could feel that energy, that life force flowing through you. Just write it down. And then when you feel the push, the resistance, you just write it down. So step one is you're just the scribe gathering your personal data. There's nothing you have to do with that information right now. Okay. Yes. And then, um, so then step two is when you uncover your spiritual essence and your purpose and where you find where you're able to identify your spiritual essence is in your pulls. So you go back and you look at one of your pulls and you ask yourself, who was I being? Who was I being in that moment? Why did that feel so good? Because it's an indication that you were aligned with your true self and it feels really good. So your spiritual, then you start collecting, you start writing that out. Those are your, so your spiritual essence, it's your values. It's what's the most important to you. It's what you are. So I've heard that called being in the zone, feeling like you're doing what you were born to do. Yeah. And it doesn't even have to be that dramatic. It could be like, oh, that was so fun. That Mm, conversation. Why was that so fun? Mm -hmm. You just kind of want to, you know, you're reading something like, why do I love this book? This feels so good. Who am I being? What? Like, I'm curious. Um, So it's kind of, that's when we talk about moment by moment spirituality, it does, it's not a complicated thing. It's like, you just start to notice Oh, I love this. I love cooking. Why is it so fun to make this meal? Why, you Mm -hmm. know, I love nurturing people. I love sharing. I love, you know, creating, working with different, you know, you just start to notice why does this feel so good? Who, and the reason why it feels good is because who you are being, who am I being right now? You're not withholding the gift. You're sharing your spiritual essence. You're sparing, you're sharing the truth of who you are. It feels really good. Should I also be noticing when I feel like I should be doing something? Yes. Well, that's instead, we'll get to that later, but So step one is the awareness where you're just writing down your pushes, your pulls and your pushes. So you're just jotting that down without judgment. And then we'll talk about the resistance later. Oh, okay. With step two, you're, you're kind of identifying like, wow, who am I? And you could also, you start to see your purpose because I believe our, our deepest desire is to be who we are. And our greatest fear is that we can't be. So our purpose is just to be who we are. So if you look at what you were doing when you experienced that pull, it starts to reveal your purpose. Like hmm. I say, when I was speaking, preparing, especially preparing for the Sunday talk, 
I was not really aligned with my purpose. <laughs> you know, you could feel it. It's like, ah, versus when I'm teaching class, it's like, ah, oh, this feels so good. You know, I'm sharing the truth of who I am. It feels so good. I love these conversations. I love this interaction. You know, it feels very right. different. So it's, I, yeah, it's kind of, that's so funny because I love preparing for Sunday talks. <laughs> Oh God! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think it's kind of like that thing with you know, it's like warmer, 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 colder, colder, colder. Right, right. Like if you're if you're paying attention to your push pulls, you're never going to get that far off from the truth of who you are. It's our, our personal internal guidance system. You know, we are such finely tuned instruments. When we really learn how to listen within, you're not going to get that far off. You're, you're going to have the clarity to make a different choice. I mean, we may make choices that don't align with our true self over and over and over again, but at some point we're going to wake up to the truth and say, this is not mine to do. Okay. But I've already got a voice in my head saying, yeah, but some things you just have to do. I mean, yeah, maybe you love cooking, yeah. but you ought to be doing the laundry. So that's step three, right? Is the resistance. Yeah, I mean, we could just touch on it here. Cause I think what's important is there's a difference between um, compromising and being your compromised self. So I think like when my kids were little, yeah, I changed the diapers. That wasn't fun. I didn't want to do that. But what was I going to do? Not do it. Right. But when we talk about compromising ourselves, it really starts with our thoughts. When we're believing something other than the truth of who we are, we're abandoning ourselves. We're selling out on ourselves. And that's where it starts to decay. <laughs> that's where it starts to. So it's not so much what we're doing, it's more what we're saying about ourselves. Does okay. that make sense? Yeah. I mean, we'll get into it in more detail, but it's, you're right. There's things that obviously we live, we're physical beings. We, you know, we live on the physical plane. There's things we have to do. Mm -hmm. But a lot of it, it's where we're coming from in consciousness and what we're saying about it, whether or not it feels like a compromise. Okay. So let's say the laundry, and then you have a thought that goes with it. You know, everybody wants me. To, I never get to do what I want to do. I have to do what everybody wants me to do. I, you know, it's like the consciousness we're living in while we're doing the laundry is what we're really focusing on. Okay. Not the we use the physical plane to gather data and information, but it's really going back and aligning our consciousness, mm -hmm. and then the physical plane that follows that is more and more aligned okay. but a lot of times that's the thing like people say oh i hate paperwork i hate you know it's like we don't approach it with you know well just don't do the paperwork you know it's more looking at what are the thoughts in the conversation we're saying about the paperwork right. i shouldn't have to do this i'm a loser this is beneath me other people i'm bad at paperwork you know we have all this stuff attached to it that needs to be kind of cleaned up and aligned with the truth I need but to... we don't jump to change the physical plane. That's why we work at the level of thought. Okay. I need to realign my thoughts around taxes. <laughs> okay. But we'll get, we'll get to that we'll get later. Because if, if that's resistance, then we'll, yeah, that's a good example. of. Okay. So, so, anyway, so that's step two. Right. That's, you know, you're really starting to notice when you're aligned with your true self and when you're not. Just like when we feel resistance, we're turning away from our true self but not necessarily on the physical plane, but we're turning away in our thoughts. We're making something up. And that's what step three is now, which is we look at how do we misidentify ourselves? Okay. So that's the resistance. So we have a push. So you sounds like you have a push around taxes. <laughs> well, it's math to begin with. And okay. I hate it, hate it, hate it. And I'm bad at it. Um, which is one of the reasons I hate it. So yes, 
And I, but let's look at the push. So, so it's good to get really specific. So I sat down, it's like, I think about doing my taxes and I feel a push or I'm actually working on the taxes and I feel a push. Like, when do you feel the push? Yes. Any of that. Well, which one is the strongest? Um, the thing with the push is it's always easier if you work with the strongest resistance. Okay. So I'm working on my taxes and I want to cry. Okay, good. That's a push. Yeah. <laughs> and then what's the should or shouldn't you say in that moment? It shouldn't be this hard. People not as smart as I are able to do their taxes. I'm only putting together information for my accountant anyway. It's not as if I'm totally responsible for this. So I'm, you know, I'm just, uh, bad. somehow I end up being a bad person. So how do you, yeah, how do you personalize it? Because <clears throat> usually we start with, it shouldn't be this hard. Whenever we start working with our pushes, we tend to blame the circumstances. You know, right. It shouldn't be this hard. But then it gets down to us. I should be able to do this. Right. I, I should be able to do this. I'm just a mm -hmm. coward. This is a this is a math phobia I've always had, and I should get over it. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, yeah. I'm just and weak. Weak. And not so as which, smart as I thought. <laughs> not so smart. <laughs> <laughs> so then, when you look at that, what kind of resonates with you? Like, I'm not smart. I'm weak. I should be able to get. You know, like, is there one that kind of starts? pops up probably probably the weakness i handle mm -hmm. this so badly you know i'm why can't i be more grown up about this everyone does taxes mm -hmm. yeah more grown up <laughs> yes and so it's kind of like where it gets i don't know how deep we want to go into this but i'll just kind of talk around it a little <laughs> <Not> bit very <laughs> <laughs> but, but a lot of times what i've noticed in working with people when we come when we get you know, we have the shoulds and then we we have the rules, which we can come back to. And then the I am weak. And usually it's those areas, like when you say I am weak, it's painful for you. You feel resistance mm -hmm. because it's it's the opposite of who you are. You're not a weak person. And that's why the belief I am weak is painful to you. Or I'm afraid it's true. Well, it's not true. But you may have been living inside of that belief that I am weak. And then you have a lot of evidence to prove that's right. Mm -hmm. And then these taxes are like, a, it's not really about the taxes that are causing the pain. It's more the misunderstanding of your value that I am weak. Okay. And, and what weak means to you would probably be different than what weak means to somebody else, but you know what it is for you. Right. Whatever that word is. But what happens is we, we latch on to that diminishing thought and then we collect evidence to be right about that. Oh, yeah. Because as humans, we like to be right. So it's more like, it sounds like the, the taxes are just the catalyst that go to that wound, which is really the misunderstanding of your value. Okay. And the reason why we, we keep working with getting clarity on the values and the truth of who we are, like step two, well, can we teach a class? We always keep coming back to that. So people get really grounded in who they are. So that when these beliefs try to enter, we don't take the bait. Mm -hmm. You know, so it's really important to keep, because if you actually, if, if we, you know, are kind of poking around, but if we were working together and you, and you shared with us your values and what's important to you and who you are, you would see so clearly that this belief, I am weak, does not fit into the truth of who you are. Okay. 
And that's why when you said, oh, but it's true, it's true, you would be able to go back to your values and and remember that. It's like, no, that's, I am so far from weak. Okay. That would feel but the reason better. why we we latch on to these things is because we live inside of these scarcity rules. I call them like scarcity rules, survival rules, worldly rules. So if we can't do something, we, we start to, um, I don't know. I just want to be careful. I don't, you tell me if I'm getting too, too, you know, into the weeds here. (laughs) (laughs) So say more about scarcity rules. Well, they're kind of the, it's what a lot of times they were unspoken, but they could have been spoken, but we grow up, we hear these rules. So one that I always <laughs> talk about is my mom would say to me, oh, always let the boys win at swimming. Yes. Okay. Like that's a rule. Like we have these little sayings that you, you grew up with, you know, you just hear these little things. But when you, when you look at it, what is that rule really saying? The rule saying, you know, I am powerless. I have to defer to other people, other people are my source you know it's kind of these rules are are loaded yeah but we feel like if we're not following these rules we're not going to survive you know because there's a lot of unspokenness in the rules so always let the boys when it's swimming means that i'm powerless the boys are powerful if you're not nice to them you're not going to get what you want they won't like you you're not going to survive and another thing she used to always say was be nice to everyone because you never know who your boss is going to be. <laughs> so again, that's the same thing. I'm powerless. Everybody else. You know, so we, we have these rules floating around mm-hmm. or, you know, don't speak up. Nobody wants to hear from you. Or so what happens when we start being our true self, we start breaking these rules and it gets scary, but it kind of gets down to when, when you have awareness of your pieces, you're like, am I going to align with the scarcity rules or am I going to align with my true self? Because when you, you look at these rules, you see, they don't really apply to you. Whatever scarcity rule you're living inside of unconsciously, it doesn't really, it's not really a fit for you. And that's why we have a hard time following them. But then we feel ashamed. It's kind of connected to our shame and our gift. We feel ashamed when we're breaking the rules, but we have to break the rules to be our true self. And you, and you said sense? earlier, there's a gift in shame. Yes, because who we're not supposed, like the, the truth is I'm a really powerful person. And I always felt really embarrassed about that. Like I have to hide my light. I have to have this false humility. I have to down, I have to shrink myself because otherwise I'm going to make people feel bad and uncomfortable. So we, we live inside of these rules where we're afraid something bad will happen if we actually are our true self. Wow. Yes, exactly. Wisdom in our resistance. You know, when we understand our pieces, it's like, oh, no wonder I didn't speak up. No wonder. Like, we're we're trying to be obedient to the rules, but at the same time, we're trying to be true to ourselves. And that's why we have the inner conflict. You know, it talks about we can't worship two masters. We're stuck. That's that's what causes us that inner conflict causes us to stay stuck because we're trying to do the right thing by the world, but yet we're trying to be true to ourselves. And it's, we can't. You can't worship two masters. You know, I don't have kids. You do. I don't mm-hmm. know how you bring up a child without just telling them no all the time because their natural impulses <laughs> are often not acceptable in polite society. So, of course, they learn that who they are naturally is is not good enough. Right. And they need well, to conform to rules. Enough. It's, 
Right. And because usually these rules, they came from people who loved us. That's, they yeah. came to protect us and take care of us. And, and that's when we go through the process of understanding compassion and forgiveness, we're able to release the, that judgment of what's wrong with me that I can't follow the rules, mm-hmm. you know? And then that's when, we, you know, understanding compassion, forgiveness, what's on the other side of that forgiveness is freedom to be, oh, I don't have to walk around ashamed of who I am telling myself that I'm not doing it right. I'm doing it wrong. And it starts to lift like, ah, breathing room. (laughs) So what's step four? Okay. So step four is when we start to really explore your, our compromising patterns. So in step three, we really kind of look at what are those misunderstandings being identified? Like where's that kink in the hose? So wherever we find a push, we're going to find a rule. We're going to find a limiting belief. We're going to find a should, and we're going to find a misunderstanding of our value. So we kind of are able to go right there. And then step four is when you start to reveal your compromising patterns. So you start to, it brings awareness to where we're compromising ourselves because otherwise it's unconscious it's under the surface we're not even realizing that we're compromising ourselves we just don't understand why we feel so tired and unmotivated Mm. and bad Mm -hmm. but when you go into that we start like so there's three ways that we compromise we have these compromising patterns one is the either or pattern so you start to see well i could either do what i love or i can make money i can't do both Uh like you know, so that we live inside many, you know, I could either be a good mom or have a career, you know, it's whatever we live right. in. It, it, whenever there's an either or there's a limiting belief in there where we have a misunderstanding of our value. So it's kind of looking at the either or the other compromising pattern that oh, I'll just say one thing about the either or, which is really interesting, is very often one side is how are we going to survive on the physical plane? And the other side of the equation is how can we be our spiritual self? It looks like they're in conflict. Like we have to pick one or the other. Yes. So if I'm going to, you know, make a lot of money on the physical plane, well, then I have to turn into somebody I'm not and I can't be my true self. Or if I am my authentic self in the world, well, nobody wants to pay for that. That's usually our either or material, physical. And then the next one is the once I pattern. You know, once I fix what's wrong with me, once mm-hmm. I self-improve, once I get it together, once I learn how to meditate right, drink the water, right. <laughs> whatever, then I could be who I, then I, then I'm good, you know, yes. then I'm good. So, but of course that doesn't work. This is all kind of a, a scarcity cycle that we get trapped into because we're trying to fix something that's not broken which Mm. can never really satisfy. Mm -hmm. And then the following way we compromise is really going into the scarcity rule pattern is identifying the rules that we're living inside of. So it's kind of like, you know, being able to look and see where, because when we see the patterns, we can make a different choice. But if we don't, like Eckhart Tolle talks about this, how if we're not conscious of something, we can't change it. Right. So if these compromising patterns are running within us, if we're not aware of them, well, it, it's kind of like, well, that's just the way life is. You do what you have to do. Like mm-hmm. we just keep repeating them over and over and wondering why we never really get what we want or we never really feel satisfied or at peace. So it's it's kind of it, being able to go into those compromise. You know, it's like the Wizard of Oz. You see the little man behind the curtain and then you can't pretend you didn't see him. <laughs> <laughs> so that's how it is with our compromising patterns. You start to have right. such awareness like, oh, my God, there I go again. So you could, you could see before it even out pictures, you could, you almost know the end. Oh, I know how this is going to turn out. <laughs> so is, so how do we get at this? Is it a journaling exercise or just paying attention? 
Um, well, it starts with it's journaling, but it's also um, like I have a little packet that I use in classes. It's really working with your pieces. So you mm-hmm. start, you start, you know, writing down the push, the should, the limit. You you break down your resistance. Do you so you understand where you have the misunderstanding? Then you look at your compromising patterns and you become aware of that. And then step five is when you. You really, it's the living part, but a lot of that is the understanding, compassion, and forgiveness, because the pivot point in having compassionate transformation is having a deep understanding of the choices you've made and why you make the choice, It really having clarity on why you're doing what you're doing and how to make a different choice. So, and then what follows the understanding is compassion. So that's really, that's the pivot point because otherwise we stay stuck in judgment I should, I should do. And then we're really like locked up like cement. Does that make sense? So it's kind of the dislodging comes from awareness of, you know, our patterns, our beliefs, our misunderstandings. But really it starts to shift when, when you have a deep understanding of why. So I'm, I'm thinking of um, possible examples and how I think it may be hard to break away. So for example, Someone becomes aware that they became a doctor because their dad wanted them to. It was never mm-hmm. really their dream. But now they've gone to school for 12 years. They're living at that level of income. They've got kids and a mortgage and college coming up. And so, you know, how easily can we just walk away from the compromises we've made for ourselves? Well, remember, we're never that far off. So a lot of times when people start, you know, like I've worked with so many people, I have to quit my job, I have to quit my job. And then they realize they actually want to stay at their job, but they want to stay at their job living as their true self, Mm -hmm. not as their compromised self. Mm -hmm. So what's painful is when we compromise ourselves and then we say, oh, it's the job, it's the environment, it's my spouse. Right. And so we think if I jump over here to a different job, a different place, I can actually be my true self. I mean, I was thinking about this the other day. With the awareness I have now, I could go back and work at a CPA firm mm-hmm. and do the pieces that I like. I could talk because I love being intimate with people and their money and finding out what's really going on. And there's a lot of that that I really loved. But I kind of got stuck in the mindset of this is a prison. Get me out of here. I can't breathe <laughs> because I had a lot of I mean, I wouldn't want to do that because now I've seen so much more. But we're never that far off. I think it's really important to realize that a lot of this is a shift in thinking and releasing the judgments because by releasing the judgments all of a sudden our relationships look different our life looks different okay just release judgments huh well it's not a you know it's not a quick fix to okay. this is a system it's a program you know it's not like oh just do this pick a new thought da, 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 da. it's right. not like that it's like you're going deep into your pieces you're really looking at and discerning you're having discernment with what's true for you and what's not true for you. And, mm-hmm. and that's why we use the push pulls because you always come, that's your personal data. You can't deny that. It's like you're letting your true self communicate. I call it the language of the soul. Yeah. The push pulls are really the language of your soul, but we have to learn how to listen to that without judgment and just start, you know, the first step is just gathering the data. Okay. And that's, we have just about a minute left. So if someone wants to start down this path, that's where they would start. It's just gathering the data, noticing what yep. do I love doing? What do I not? 
Yeah. And it doesn't even have to be loved so much. That's what I mean. It's moment by moment spirituality. You're just kind of tracking your energy. I think of it like the airplane that flies through the sky with the white stuff behind. Mm-hmm. You know? You're just kind of noticing, wow, that felt good. That's, you know, that was a pull. That was, you know, ooh, that's a push. Mm-hmm. And even even if you don't do anything other ever again with it, you have a heightened awareness of how your energy naturally flows. Yeah. And that's really valuable. Another thing, too, that's interesting about receiver life is I incre- it doesn't take the place of other spiritual practices or things you're doing in your life. Mm-hmm. It's It works really well in harmony with anything you're doing. It just gives you a deeper understanding of yourself, more clarity. You, it, you could... Your perception increases exponentially where you could you see yourself more clearly and you also see people in your life more clearly. You're able to see beyond the false. Wow. So lots more to talk about with Janice Campbell. Next week, we'll focus on purpose. I hear so often, find your life purpose. So I want to know what you think about that. Okay, um, and then we'll go into other topics as well with this receive your life process. This is Ellen Davenport. We'll be back next week with Voices of Unity. Thanks for listening. This is Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. I'm Rachel Corpus, an angel communicator, psychic medium, and host of the Angel Talk podcast. This show is meant to help you remember who you are, a limitless being with shoes and socks on. And along the way, we'll connect to people on the other side and experts in the field like authors, healers, animal communicators, and more. Listen to all my shows at Mind Body Spirit FM or wherever you get your podcasts.